It's now or never. You had some interesting dreams going on. Yeah, I did have this one dream where I used to live in this like crappy apartment, and after I left, I just started dreaming about it. I dreamt there was like this huge courtyard and gardens and stuff on the roof, like that were vastly bigger than the building. And I went up there, and there were like trapped deer and cats on the roof. And then my cat appeared, and then he helped me figure out how to release the animals. So I don't know. How long ago did you have that dream? Because a couple of weeks ago, I had a dream that I was starting some new job and it kind of fell through and turned into something else. And I was going to be working in this like almost like a bunker. But then as I went into it, there was like an open area with grass and there were dogs that were like chained up in these pens. And we were talking about how we were going to let the dogs out and turn it into like a little like open park area and start like growing stuff in there or Mm. something like that. It's interesting, this, like, freeing animal theme synchronicity. Yeah, and in a place that you weren't expecting it to happen. Yeah, exactly. Some In something that's, like, very constructed and mundane, that there's, like, some kind of hidden life just waiting to be set free. It's an interesting thing about dreams is how, in your normal waking life, you feel like you understand the total situation of what's going on. And in the dream, you could, like, open a door and have a wildly different experience than you were having just a moment before. And then to that effect, it's like you're existing in a sort of universe of possibilities, of not of creative expression, of, of creativity happening. That's what I find interesting about mm-hmm. dreams. Dreams, and then, like, opening yourself to perceiving synchronicities... Like, you can always say, like, well, coincidences happen. You can reduce anything to a statistical anomaly. But if you give yourself kind of the playful freedom to perceive synchronicity and then to also, like, pursue those synchronicities, it almost feels like you're collaborating on whatever, like, ongoing creative act is happening to, with, and through you. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going to respond positively to this, like, feeling of synchronicity. And that seems to kind of nudge your relationship with life. You're gratifying the sense of meaningfulness in the coincidences. Yeah, we find things more fulfilling if we think that there's some other force behind why it's happening. But maybe that's too simple. Well, I don't think that's wrong, but I think there are other things about it that are true as well. But I feel like you can have that same relationship to dreams, right? Like, if you if you have a dream that feels really meaningful, it's really easy to say, like, well, it's just like a weird random assortment of images that your brain decided to throw together when it's in this particular state of consciousness. But there's something about gratifying the sense of meaning that opens a space for creativity. It always seems to reward the investment. Gratifying the creativity. (laughs) Something like that. I like it. You know, it didn't even occur to me at the time, but actually the whole reason that Eric and I are in contact and recording podcast episodes and stuff together is actually because I followed up on a dream. Some years back, I had a dream that someone was coming after me to kill me and I was running and trying to hide and figure out what to do. That was pretty much the dream. I somehow knew the name of the killer was Eric Schiller. 
So I googled that name and realized that this was a name I had unconsciously picked up from someone in my philosophy class back in college. So he was on Twitter at the time. So I sent him a DM and I was like, uh, hey, I just had a dream that you were coming to try to kill me. Anyway, do you remember me from philosophy class? And we started talking. Occasionally, I'll still bring up that it's actually Eric's destiny to kill me, but I'm hoping that doesn't happen. Most dreams are not prophetic. They're just dreams. Maybe he has been trying to kill me, but maybe it's like a ego death, sort of metaphorical killing kind of thing. Anyway... I've actually been in the habit of paying attention to dreams that feel meaningful. There's a kind of meaningfulness quality to some dreams, and I try to unpack those dreams usually by writing them down, and they sort of make a kind of sense in retrospect. And then there's whatever deja vu is, which might be just as meaningless as dreams actually are, but always feels incredibly meaningful. And for me, always feels like I'm remembering something I dreamt about. And at the strangest times, the memory of the dream is unfolding as things continue to happen. Or maybe you remember it, or feel like you remember it in the deja vu differently than it's actually happening. And even in this episode, as I'm editing this, feeling of deja vu is striking me, but I've edited this episode before, and then was struck by deja vu, and then stopped to interject about the deja vu. it's gone. Whatever it is. I've had a lot of dreams about the end of the world. And I don't mean recently. I mean, like, my whole life. One apocalypse or another has visited me in dreams. I guess my dreams like to be dramatic sometimes. Since we wandered onto the topic of dreams, and I thought it would make an interesting mini-sode, given where we're going in season two, I thought I would share a written account of a dream I had. I think this was before I even started this podcast, and it's something I've come back to that sort of makes more and more sense as I go. So I'm just going to read this. If you know me personally, you probably have already seen this before on my social media or something. And it's pretty much going to be the rest of this episode. So, all right. So here it is. I was in an airport. Suddenly, the world ended. I can't say how I or anyone else knew, but the understanding seemed to come to everyone in an instant. Some gentle apocalypse had swept through the earth, and all at once, the world was made new. It was all over. The whole game of progress, conquest, domination, the struggle, and striving. Lifetimes of tension drained from everyone's bodies. The lightness and presence of infancy reappeared on everyone's faces. Voices were newly warmed and unwavering. 
A formless yet familiar light had filled the world. All the terrors and anxieties of waking nightmares had vanished. Everything was transforming from the inside out. Everyone stopped to look around with fresh eyes. Employees left fast food counters and fry stations. Customer service representatives abandoned retail kiosks, leaving merchandise and cash machines to represent themselves. Some stayed at their assigned posts, whether from confusion or comfort, but most left the airport and poured unhurried into a new world waiting patiently outside. I turned to leave, too. I think I was about to board a plane somewhere, moved by a sense of obligation that was suddenly absent. I followed the flow of the crowd into the fresh air. Everything looked the same. Everything was completely different. People walked arm in arm, noticed trees and flowers and sky again for the first time. Some laid in the grass, pleasantly bewildered. I overheard someone ask, what do I do now? Then, apparently realizing that nothing needed to be done, did just that and seemed to luxuriate in all the nothing he could accomplish at once. I was still processing the situation. I somehow knew there would be no struggle now, nor any reason to struggle. We had moved together beyond any lack or possession or violence. I realized just how accustomed I was to the struggle and conflict, how it defined me, the way I lived, the way the world worked. With the end of our elaborate sufferings, the end of the fragile identities we all wore. Maybe it was the other way around. It didn't really matter. This was the beginning of something new, some vast unfolding. What would life be like now? What new shape would this world take? I decided to have some lunch for starters. I found a diner that was still open and took a seat at a booth. I shared the space with a couple sitting across from each other, a few booths down. They were smiling, quietly savoring their meal together, sharing from each other's plates. Their silence was broken only by an occasional murmur of uncomplicated delight. A server came to take my order. I could tell her head was spinning a bit too, taking everything in, just like me. Will there even be servers from now on? She wondered aloud. I guess there might be if people want to cook and others want to serve. There might be less of them though. She laughed then shook her head. You know what? I think I do like serving. I looked at the menu. In that case, could I have the hash browns and a coffee? She smiled, nodded, and left, absorbed in what she was doing, effortless, without struggle or fear or want of anything to be different. Through the front windows, I saw streetlights blink on as night fell. I wondered if the electricity would still work a week from now, or would we all retreat into the woods, build new houses from mud, maybe take up pottery? There was no plan anymore. It was impossible to say. The streets slowly emptied of cars and filled with people. Many seemed to meet each other unselfconsciously for the first time. Waves of spontaneous dance and movement rolled through the crowd. Some walked around and watched and listened. Some just leaned against a wall and enjoyed being without any urge to speak or move. I've had a lot of dreams about the end of the world. A meteor falling, plunging the world into darkness and despair tentacled terrors hiding just behind clouds, a massive sea monster rising from the depths of the ocean, a void beyond worlds opening to swallow up all matter, plagues, 
the earth cracking open, demons and magma spilling out. This was by far my favorite end of the world. It was the first time there was nothing to be afraid of. I woke up feeling very strange. No one else seems to have noticed the world ended early this morning. If you have any meaningful dreams that you feel are especially relevant or worth sharing, send them my way. You can email us at itsnowornerverpodcast at gmail.com or join the Discord and participate in the conversation. We're going to be doing some exciting stuff with Season 2. Well, I'm excited. Putting the finishing touches on the first episode of the season to come. Thanks so much to everyone for listening. I hope you all have a wonderful holiday. I'll see you after the new year.